Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Key Ingredient Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Shari Armstrong. Shari is a news anchor for Fox 4 Southwest Florida, and you can catch Shari every evening at 5 p.m. Shari, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me in this beautiful location. I love it so much. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I know you drove about an hour to get here. In this Southwest Florida traffic, I mean, we report on it all the time, but actually sitting in it, I was like, what is happening? But it's the growth here in Southwest Florida that we're experiencing. It's exponential. Drove me a little crazy getting here today, but I'm here today. I'm with you and I appreciate <laughs> you doing that. And you should know better than everyone, even though you don't do traffic, you right. know, you know about the traffic down here. So, uh, so anyway, thanks for joining me. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to getting to know you a little bit yeah. better. So uh, for anyone listening and watching, they, they see you on Fox every evening and they know your face, they hear you tell the story, but this is a way for us to tell your story and for them to learn a little bit more about you and your journey. So, uh, so looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing this. You know, I'm always sharing other people's stories and that's my joy. That's my love, but I'm trying to get better about sharing mine in the hopes that it inspires someone else in whatever capacity that is. So I feel like if I'm transparent, it could help someone else. So I'm here to tell whatever it is that you want to know within reason, of course. Well, yeah, yeah we, we have, there's a fine line, so I won't go too far, but that, that's okay. But listen, if you don't mind, maybe just start out by telling our listeners and viewers just a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah. So my name is Shari Armstrong. This is my hometown, Southwest Florida. I grew up in Lehigh Acres um, and I went to school at Evangelical Christian School in Fort Myers. So uh, from ECS, I went on to the University of South Florida in Tampa, go Bulls. And after that, I majored in broadcast journalism, uh, mass communication. And after that, I was like, I got to get out of Southwest Florida. That was my dream. Like, I wanted to just get out of this place because when you grow up here, you think, oh, it's for old people and nobody wants to live here. Sure. So um, I went to New York City. From New York City, I came back to Southwest Florida. Then I went to Atlanta. I came back from Atlanta uh, <laughs> because what I found was like, I really loved living in these places, but I'm such a Southwest Florida girl. There's a certain pace that actually works for me. Um, and then my cousin called me. He is an influencer out in Los Angeles. And uh, he called me and said, hey, Shari, I need someone to help me produce. So we went out there. We did really big projects um, with people like Kevin Hart, um, with big companies like Uber and Toyota influencer campaigns. In so in L.A. this was. In L.A. Did you move out there? Or I did. You did? Okay. Yep. I moved out there with wow. my cousin and lived the Los Angeles life, which is something very different from here. <laughs> um, and while I was out there, I still missed home. It's, it was everyone always jokes and says there was like a calling for me to come back here. And it's, it's true. And so I was trolling on Craigslist and I found this job here in Southwest Florida. Um, and they were basically just looking for someone to tell positive news in the community. And I was, I thought to myself, I could do that because one thing I have to tell you is I majored in, in mass communications and broadcast news, but I was like, I'm never going to do that. So I worked in nonprofit. I worked in production every time I moved, but I did not want to be a newscaster because I was like, I don't want to be telling negative news every day. And I did an internship that kind of showed me that I was going to be talking about all of these negative things every day. And I really hated it. So I kept telling people I'm not going into news. I came back here to do positive storytelling in Southwest Florida and later found out that that little team was owned by the Scripps, EW Scripps company, which owns Fox 4. So while I was there doing these positive stories, they were like, hey, Shari, we need someone to fill in on the weekend anchor desk. And I was like, oh, well, y'all got to find somebody else because <laughs> it's not me. Um, and my boss was like, no, Shari, I think this is a good opportunity for you. You should at least try it. And I, I did not want to do it. They ended up putting me on the schedule to do it. I had no choice. And from there, 
Um, I filled it on the weekends that eventually became my job. And I shifted into the day side shift, maybe I think almost two years ago and um, became the 5 p.m. anchor. People always ask me like, so you said you hated it, but now you love it. (laughs) So what happened? Uh, Being in the positive storytelling light actually showed me the importance of spotlighting challenges within the community because not everything is roses. So I realized that this platform was an opportunity to help people. So yes, you're going to talk about the car accidents. You're going to talk about crime. You're going to talk about things that you don't want to talk about, but you also had the opportunity to spotlight communities that need help, that uh, need some type of justice or they need their voice to be heard in some capacity. That is a an opportunity that I don't take lightly. And when I actually got this opportunity to move on and shift into uh, broadcast news, I started to see it like that. And now I love it. Love, love to hear that. Yeah. Wow. That's, you just gave us a lot there. So thank you. <laughs> I, um, because I like to focus on the journey, we're going to go yeah. back a little bit if you don't let's mind. Go. So I want to find out kind of what inspired you to get into this field. So let's go back to, you grew up down here. Yeah. You, you're one of the few who grew up down here yes. and you know still here. And um, at what age did you think this is something you wanted to get into? Oh my goodness. I was in fourth grade at ECS and this is the power of uh, representation in the sense of having different people from different fields coming into the classroom and just sharing what they do, whether they're in construction or news, whatever. And we actually, there was a meteorologist, a local meteorologist here in Southwest Florida who came to my fourth grade class. And he was the first one that I actually fully paid attention to. There were all these other professions. I was like, not interested, not interested. But this actual meteorologist came and he loved his job so much. And he loved knowing that he was helping people, but he also loved the side of being on TV. And I remember thinking, all right, I don't want to do the science part, but I want to do that. I want something to do with that. And that was my inspiration. I still remember. I can remember what he was wearing. I can remember what the suit looked like. I I don't even, I'm not sure uh, where he is now. His name is Jim Cyan. At one point, he actually did work for Fox 4. Um, And so just seeing people like that, people who uh, were operating out of a place of passion, it's something in me when he came to spoke to my class. I was like, I have to do that. I want to do that. That's amazing. So career days actually work. Yeah. <laughs> so so no matter what you hear or see anyone who comes in and speaks about different things, you should listen because yeah, you, you never know. You never know. And and now I'm on the other side of it where I'm like, oh man, I love the kids, but you know, I I need to find 25 minutes to show up at this school and sit in traffic and get there and everything. But you never know who you're talking to. You never know who you're inspiring. And I am a testament of that. I I still remember that moment where I was like, I want to do this. Even though I questioned it later on in life uh, when I was in college at that that was like the beginning of of me thinking, wow, I could actually be in news. Wow. And it's natural to question things at times. So yes. I guess so with fourth grade. So what 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 kind of kid were you like? Were you because you're obviously very outgoing. Were you outgoing then? And did you hear this meteorologist and say, Oh, that's just the perfect fit for me? <laughs> um, in fourth grade, I was pretty I've always been like this. I've always had a problem with talking. Um, <laughs> and I've always been outgoing. I I always just love people, you know? And so for me, like, it was just, it was just very natural. Like it was a natural fit yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to tell you, like, you know, this is, this is probably since you're so into the journey, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, I remember watching him and thinking, I want to do that. But I remember thinking, I don't know that I could do that in this community because I'm from here. 
but I had never seen anyone on TV that looked like me. Sure. So as much as I wanted to do his job and started paying attention to other anchors that I still respect in this market and grew up watching, I didn't know that I could do that here. And I never thought I could do that here. So that was part of my uh, hesitation was like, all right, maybe I want to do this, but I would have to live in wherever in order to be able to do this. So, you know, you're making me reflect on the journey, but it is a full circle experience for me to see myself sometimes on TV and think someone said to me the the other day, I was interviewing them. They're like, I still can't believe someone like you with braids is on television (laughs) right now. And sometimes I can't believe it because I remember being that kid who was like, I really want to do this, but I don't know that there's a space for me to do that. Sure. Sure. Well, I love to hear that. So, uh, so when I want to kind of dwell on this a little bit, so when you heard this meteorologist was, was your first inclination, I want to be a meteorologist. I know you said you don't want to get into the science Mm -hmm. part, but I would imagine that might've been the case. So I, I never wanted to be a meteorologist, but I knew I wanted to be on TV. And so what I learned from him was I needed to learn more about how I could be like him, but a little different. Okay. And what's ironic is I think the next year we ended up touring the station that he was at. Wow. And I remember being like, this is for me. You know, they had the studio and they explained news. I was like, well, I like grammar. I like writing. This could be the happy medium for me. I'm not necessarily interested in the science, but I'm interested in the storytelling. I'm interested in the writing and I'm interested in knowing how I have these two talents that I enjoy and these passions. I'm interested in learning how these can help people. Sure. So touring that station, I remember being like, oh my gosh, this is it. And um, yeah, and it all came together at a very, very, very young age. The other side of it was I wanted to go to Broadway. I wanted to be an actress. Um, I think that's the side of people here. Well, you did get that as well then. It's all together to some degree. It's all together. You know, like, you know, there, there is a you know, you don't want to put it like this, but the truth of the matter is there, there is some level of performance, right? When sure. you're, when you're anchoring, you know, you have to listen to your cadence. You have to make sure that you're connecting with people in a way that is authentic. Um, but also, you know, your, what does your body language look like? You know, are you connecting with your eyes? Are Voice you Voice control Absolutely. a little bit. No doubt about that. You know, right. so let's be honest. Some of the elements that I picked up in drama, I was really big, like drama nerd in middle and high school. And I say that proudly, um, those things have translated in, into my career as well. So it was just like this happy um, medium that it all worked. It all came together for me. Wow. So, okay. So we fast forward now to, let's say high school. So high school, so you were drama nerd. We know that already. Oh yeah. Um, so at that point, were you still saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be on Broadway. I mean, this is, this is where I'm going. It didn't wear off, I guess is the point. No, if if anything, it it grew. Okay. Um, there was this love for, for Broadway. I was the fairy godmother in Cinderella. And at that point I was like, I've made it in high school, you know, (laughs) um, all of, all of those things just, it, it all just aligned for me. And I started connecting with local anchors in the market just by being involved through my school and being involved through the community. Um, you know, there were, there, there's, um, different people in the community who I would end up, you know, being a part of certain organizations and we, I would interview with them. So I'd end up on TV and every time I'd be like, I love this. I was doing stories for, you know, ECS at some point and, you know, they're spotlighting the fact that we're having a play. And so I would be there interviewing on camera. And every time it's the same feeling I get when I'm on stage. It's like a, a fiery sensation of like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. It's a spark that you can't deny. Sure. Um, and it grew. And by the time I crossed that stage in high school, I knew like, I think it's, I actually think it's in my high school, um, 
yearbook. Yeah. I think it says in there that I wanted to become a broadcast journalist and here I am doing it. Wow. Now, I did say, I think I said in there I was going to do it in an Ivy League. I am, <laughs> I'm proud to say I was deferred from Yale. You know, that, well, there like, you go. You know okay. what I mean? So they didn't exactly say no at first. Yeah. Um, I didn't end up at an Ivy League, but I ended up at USF and it was a great opportunity for me to explore broadcasting and um, help me to pave the way to end up here. Yeah. So when you applied to colleges, did you apply to be a broadcast? Yes. Journalist major? Yes. Yeah. I applied to major in mass communications and minor in theater, my okay. two loves. Um, and I ended up, I actually never pursued a minor and ended up just majoring in, in mass communication and uh, broadcast journalism. Okay. Now you said there was a point in your career or during the journey where you kind of questioned things a little bit. Mm -hmm. Are we at that stage yet or we're not there? Was it in college? It or was, was in college. Okay, so, and this is why I tell people. Yeah. Young people. I'm at that place where I say young, young people. Young people. Oh, I, I right? hear you on that. Oh, one. gosh. It's kind of <laughs> scary. Um, but internships are important, you know, uh, because it gives you an opportunity to decide whether you like something or not. And so I had a plethora of internships when I was in college, and we did like a a makeshift newscast almost. And that was the moment between the internships and the newscast. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to do this. I don't want to put on a ton of makeup every day. I don't want to be, you know, bring people down every day sure. by sharing these stories. It, was, it became something that was very hard for me. And the irony of it was my professors, the people that I was interning with, my mom, everyone was like, you're meant to do this, you know? But inside I was like, I'm not, I'm not meant to do this. This isn't for me. I'm a positive person. I meant to spread light. I'm, I can't be the person who's on air talking about these things that bring people down every day. I don't want to sure. be the reason why people say they don't watch the news, they hate the news, whatever. So I literally, let me tell you something. When you are meant to do something, you can't run away from purpose or passion. It's just, it's ingrained in you. Yeah. And I tried to tell myself for years that this is not what I was doing, but everything that I did Everything that I did brought me right back to where I was supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it's normal for anyone, especially when you knew so early on, to because it was so much time right in between to question what you're doing. Yeah. And it's probably really a normal, probably a good thing, actually, to some degree as well. It makes you kind of evaluate the situation. Absolutely. So I think that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, oftentimes because people love you, they tell you this is what you're supposed to be doing. So this is step one and step two and then from here you step three and i think when you know internally like there's a different journey for you a different process for you you have to listen to that even if it leads you right back to the place that everyone else <laughs> saw that you're supposed to be at you have to explore those things for yourself i needed to go to LA and understand business and production from that big perspective. Do you know what it's like to sit in a room with like, well, you do sit in a room with some major movers and shakers in production, yeah. you know, at like age 25, it was like incredible. You know, at the same time, I ended up interfacing with major movers and shakers in Atlanta. And I learned how to work those rooms because I'm coming from Southwest Florida, which at the time was super small town, sure. you know, now I'm all of a sudden in a space where it's like, these women don't play around. You know what I mean? Like you got to bring your A game. And it challenged me to sit up, speak up, you know, just it, it tapped into a totally different side of myself. And so everything that I did from New York City, going to New York City and being like, what am I doing here? Learning the trains and all of it, all of it is preparation. Sure. Even if it eventually takes you, ex you know, to the same place that everyone else saw that you were, I had to take that journey. That's the point. Like I had to go on that journey in order to get here. I think if I did this straight out of college, I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everything happens for a reason. So as Absolutely. soon as you graduated college, the very first thing you did then 
at that point was you moved to, was that when you moved to LA then? New York city. Uh, New York. Okay. Yeah. So New how York long city. did you live I, in New York? I was in New York city for like a year. Okay. And I okay. was like, I could not do this. So it was, um, a traffic company when it, you know, like marketing traffic like yeah. that. Um, and I was there for a year and I almost a year and I was like, I can't do this, but I grew in so many ways because all of a sudden you're going from, you know, you're, you're parking your car when you got to go to CVS to, Hey, I got to walk out on the street, catch this bus, this train to get to CVS. You know, it changes the game. Sure. And how badly do I have to go to CVS? Those are the things you start thinking <laughs> I could about. Go tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's what happened right after college. I was ready to just fly and get out of here. And I think my family knew eventually she was going to come back, but she had to get it out of her system. Like, I think that's how they saw it. Sure. And I did come back. And what I loved about coming back here is a lot of people know that I'm very, very much in love with Quality Life Center of Southwest Florida and Fort Myers. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that organization. I'm not. Please tell us about it. So it's a, a youth program, youth programming centered organization, and it's all about self-development and helping kids to be independent. Um, and they serve kids through STEM programs and the arts. And they've been doing this for more than 30 years in the Dunbar community. Okay. So I not only... Uh, grew up in that program. My aunt is one of the founders of that program. But I also, when I came back to Southwest Florida, my mom was like, you need a job. <laughs> and <laughs> Quality Life Center hired me. So then I ended up working with kids in the, and working in the PR setting there. So I was the PR director for Quality Life Center for a few years there. Okay. And loved it. So my passion, I always have I also have a huge passion for children. So my passion of children and communications actually turned into a hybrid perfect position for me. And thank God, because my mom was like, you got to make some money somehow. You need a car, you need whatever. Um, and so that's how I ended up back here. And I was here for a few years before I went to Atlanta. Wow. When do you think you had your big break? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. My big break. Because um, obviously we could tell no one wakes up and all of a sudden they're they're on the five o'clock news, right? It doesn't yeah. work that way. And that's the idea behind this is to show people that it is a journey. What do you think was really, you know, it's called the key ingredient podcast for yeah. a reason, right? Yeah. What was the key ingredient, a key moment you think that was your big break of really being able to get to where you are now? Oh, man. Or or let me, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Or was it just a lot of little things that really led to it? And that's probably... That's what it was. Yeah. A lot of different little things that you know, it was almost like puzzle pieces yeah. that were placed finally in the right spaces and led me to this place. Um, I remember the first time, so I worked for the small digital project of scripts. Like I said, it brought me back from LA here and that was not on TV. That was just digital. It was all, you know, online. And I remember the first time I was on air, two minutes before, you know, we wear IFBs, the earpiece that goes in mm -hmm. your ear. I couldn't figure out how to get it in my ear. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to pull up the script on the computer. And we were, you know, I can hear the director saying two minutes till show oh, and I'm losing it. You know, I got asthma, you know, I can't <laughs> handle these type of situations. Um, and the meteorologist, I remember him coming over. He's a good friend of mine, Tony. And he came and adjusted it in my ear. And he's like, you got this, you know, and I went on air uh, somehow. And I remember thinking there was a time where I doubted myself, like I doubted being able to be successful in this industry because I was like, I can't do live shots. I can't function without a script. I can't. And I remember after the show thinking, wow, you, you did it. You did it. Yeah. It wasn't like the best. You know what I mean? It was not on like, but you did it, but it got done. And the you, confidence level goes up tremendously. Oh moment. my goodness. Yeah. You know, you were talking about the key to success. Yeah. And I know that that is the theme of, of your podcast. And for me, it's failing forward. You know, mm -hmm. for me, it's like 
being open to failing forward. Sure. So in order for you to become the five o'clock news anchor, you have to start as the weekend anchor, most likely. And you have to be willing to mispronounce. I forgot what the word was, but the director was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, did you? Say, I forgot <laughs> what word it was, but it was awful. Um, inc- I, I said incumbent instead of incumbent. Okay, right? right. OK. Um, and, you know, it's just those things where you're either going to be super hard on yourself and be like, I can't do this. I suck, whatever. Or you're going to be like, you know what? I messed that up. It's done. Move on. Move on. Yeah. And I got to keep going. And everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. I mean, no matter what channel you're watching or what show, you, people make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of what happens. You try to limit them. Absolutely. That's really it, right? I mean, that's, that's that's the bottom line. Of course. Yeah. And you know what? Every time I see that word in the prompter, I'm like, try me. <laughs> Incumbent. You know what I mean? Like, I'll sure. never forget it because that's how you learn. Um, and that's how you, you, every opportunity to grow, you have to take it whether it leaves you crying in the car, you know what I mean? You know, legitimate depression, everything is growth. That's how I look at life. And I think that's been a key to my success is, and now, now I have younger journalists that are coming in the newsroom and they're like, Oh my gosh, I messed up my live shot whatever. I'm like, did the people get the information? Did they get the information that they needed? Cause that's what matters. Sure. And now next time, maybe don't do that. Don't say it the way you did. Don't mess up this word, but you learn and you keep going. That's what matters. Are you serving people at the end of the day? And did you get your job done? That's Absolutely. what matters. Yeah, no, that, that, that's actually great. That's great advice. What would you say out of everything you do on a daily basis uh, throughout your profession? What do you enjoy the most about what you do? Can I start with what I enjoy the least? Uh, would, that was the next question. Okay, so we right. can reverse them. Let's start with the least. Let me tell that's you what right. I cannot stand. Okay. I literally say this to our producer every day. Makeup. I cannot. St- One day I'm going to have a makeup artist. <laughs> But until then, I got to do it myself. That's what a lot of people don't know. And I hate it because the older you get, the more you got to do. Okay. (laughs) The concealer gets thicker. The foundation gets thicker. Um, So that's the part that drives me nuts. I I literally do it up to the clock and it's a bad practice. No one should do this. But the show airs at five o'clock and sometimes it's 4.55 and I'm still trying to cover that that new line I discovered. Okay. Because they're (laughs) popping up. Um, So that's the part that I that I really um, hate. And I mean hate when yeah. I say that. Okay. Um, but the part that I love the most is connecting with people and making some type of difference. And I know that sounds so cliche, but like, you know, I've had really emotional moments with people that I've interviewed, people that I've talked to. Um, I've had stories that brought about some type of change in a community or, you, you know, this, this kid, he was 14 years old. He was wrongfully accused and we were able to work with the state attorney's office, bring his case to light and get those charges dropped. Wow. That is the thing. That's the moment where you're like, what I'm doing makes a difference. It's that connection piece every day. And there's some type of people, you know, you think because you're a news anchor, you're sitting behind a desk all day, but we, do work leading up to the newscast. So we're telling stories, we're doing interviews. Sometimes we're live in the community during our shows. At least once a week, we are live in the community doing our shows, are doing live shots from somewhere in Southwest Florida because connection is so important to our station and it's, it is a part of like who I am too. So the part that I love the most is just connecting with people. And you never know who you're connecting with. You, sure. you look in the camera and you forget sometimes that you're talking to thousands of people until someone emails you and says, thank you so much for spotlighting X, X Y, and Z. That's my community. Uh, thank you so much for, sometimes people just say, thank you so much for 
just being who you are. You know, I, I've been watching you for years. I've watched your growth. Da, 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 da. You're connecting with people. I ran into this lady in Publix the other day and she was like, I watched you grow up on the news. And <laughs> How I was great like, is that? Yeah, but it's wow. true. I, I'm so not the person I was when I first started. Sure. And she just felt like she could, we could just talk because we're connecting. So to me, the best part of this job is yes, of course, getting answers and all of those things for people, but really it's the connection piece that is powerful because yeah. I love people so much and I love sitting like I could interview you I could flip this whole podcast around <laughs> maybe one day we'll do that uh, yeah I think we should because I would sit here and listen to your whole story um I just love and I love making people know that they matter reminding people I should say that sure. they matter wow Love that. Um, you brought up something that I thought was interesting about kind of the, the times of, of day that you work and the hours and all that. So you are on, you go on at five o'clock, like you said, makeup's four forty-five or 50, <laughs> right? Um, you get on at five, you're done at what, seven? I'm so I, my shift ends at seven at 6.30. Okay. Um, and then I normally leave the station somewhere between 6.30 and 7. But it just depends on the day. Right. Because I may wrap that show at 6 like I did yesterday and that's it for me. But again, because we're out in the community, we actually interchange uh, the co-anchors at 6. So sometimes I will co-anchor at least two shows out of the week during the six o'clock hour. Okay. So it just depends on what the day is. Last week I worked at the night side show. So I worked five, six, 10 and 11. It really just depends. And I think that's important for people to understand is you're right. We don't work the morning anchors. They go to work. I believe now at three 30. Yeah. They're up. The I know some of the women get up. I mean, they get up like two o'clock in the Absolutely. morning, one thirty in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah. They get up super early and you're, you have to turn your mind on at that time. It's not mindless. You're going through scripts. You're that's looking for point. stories, you know, you're looking for stories that matter because you can just fill a newscast and be like, Hey, we filled, you know, an hour or half an hour, whatever your newscast is. But if you're looking for stories that people really need to know about, that takes time. Sure. You're going through scripts to make sure this is exactly how I would read this or that it's accurate. That's another thing, you know, we're looking for. And at the same time, sometimes breaking news happens at six o'clock in the morning or whatever the case may be. So your brain has to be on. So I, I think it's important to note that even if you're, you may work the morning show, you're working starting at that time, you know, and then you have people who work the evening shows. People think, oh, they go to work at six o'clock. It doesn't work like that. You go to work at 2.30 in the afternoon and you get off at 11.30, sometimes a little later, depending on the day. Sure. So I think sometimes people see news people and they think, They've got the best life, but it's, it's, I mean, we right. have a good Two life. hours. That's, that's pretty good. Well, you get in at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I get in at 10 o'clock. And so people ask like, well, what are you doing all day? I'm telling stories, right? I'm, I am figuring out whether, where I'm going to be in the community for that week, or I'm going out in the field. We're doing interviews. I'm working with a photographer. I may be on a story myself that day. It just, it literally just depends. And let me tell you, I actually think for, I think news people okay. are a certain type of people because we like things to be different on a daily basis. Sure. It's very unpredictable. You never know what the news is going to be sometimes day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. What do you like to do in your spare time? So when <laughs> you're not working, where can we find you? What are you doing? You know, this, this question kind of makes me sad because <laughs> the beach is my favorite. Makes you think about it. Right? I know. Right. Yeah. Um, the beach is my favorite place. It's my, like my calming place. And Sanibel, uh, right by uh, the causeway was my favorite was my favorite location. It still is my favorite location, but I, I also have not been out there. I have to be honest with you because sure. I don't know that I can handle it. That was another thing, you know, covering news from the Ian perspective. We all have an Ian story at this point, yeah. um, covering it as a breaking developing story. We had a, we had a statement yesterday, something, something in the script and it said hurricane season. And I felt my heart just like 
tense. Sure. Uh, I'm from Southwest Florida. So when you say hurricane season, I'm like, that means that if I'm not working, I'm going to have the best time reading books, listening to music. If a big storm is coming now, it's it's amazing how that's changed. And it literally caused a little bit of like, I would almost call it like PTSD. Of course. Um, so I, I love Sanibel so much. That's my favorite place. Uh, but aside from that, I love to travel. I so love to travel. Where do you like to go? Anywhere in particular? Or oh do goodness. you just like trying different places? Love or trying do different you, places. Do you go back to the same place more than once? Or Barbados. My family's from Barbados. Okay. So you any chance that we get to go to Barbados, I'm going. We're okay. planning on going this year. Like I love Barbados. Do you still have a lot of family there? Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, both of my parents are from Barbados. Okay. Um, but then I also love trying new cities. So lately I've been trying a lot of new cities. Last year was my first time in New Orleans, and you were talking about like, are you gonna go back to yes? Yes. I'm going back to New Orleans. Um, and so I, I just love exploring new places. And, you know, I, I shared with you, I'm going to the Bahamas. Um, and I've been to the Bahamas so many times I can't even remember. And I love, I'm going back. Going you know, back, I just yeah. I just can't get enough. But travel for me, listen, working in news, you got to have some type of coping skill because sure. you are dealing with things that have um, emotional implications. If you're not careful, those can have an impact on your life. You know, so people in news, like any other profession, um, we go to counseling. I, I am a big advocate for therapy, especially at, right after COVID. I found the need to do that. Sure. And that's when I learned that I needed to have an outlet. So um, my outlet at that point was working out. Can't tell you it's that anymore. <laughs> but it's turned it's turned into traveling and just taking quick trips to remind myself that there is a bigger world outside of some of the trauma that you see every day. And I call it trauma uh, from a very honest space, because when you're talking about some of these stories and you're delivering them, you, you know, again, with that equal cadence where it's like you're not trying to show any bias or anything like that, but it's something very serious, like a, a, a de the death of a child or something like that. That must be one of the toughest things to, to <laughs> yeah. report on when you hear stories like that. I have um, every the, the directors that have worked with me the most. They know uh, whenever there's a story about a child, take Shari you know, quickly and then like go to VO, go, which means take the video full. So mm -hmm. you'll see me on camera and then, because that my love for children is so deep. Um, and, and knowing that a child was suffering is something I almost can't even get the words out sure. uh, when I'm talking about it. So yes, it is. And I think every, there's something for every, everyone when it comes to, um, being a broadcaster, you know, there are people who've dealt with alcoholism. Uh, we had a story the other day about cancer. It was very personal to, uh, a colleague of mine. So, and, and you see that reaction I, again, it, it's very hard. I think anyone who says that it's like, good for them. They're seasoned. They're on a whole different level and I'm not there with them. Yeah. I try to just be very transparent that some of those stories are very hard to talk about. Even Ian, like I said, was very hard to talk about. I think as viewers, we want to see that. I mean, that's how yeah. we how, how you connect with us, yes. right? I mean, that's important. Yes. You and know? you know, that connection piece again is so important. Mm -hmm. um, I went to buy chocolates, Norman Love. And <laughs> always you're, good. You're, you know, always good. <laughs> too good. Norman, if you're listening right now. Oh my gosh, uh, Norman. Love it. Yeah. I think I tagged him because the chocolate was so good. <laughs> um, but the lady, and this keeps happening to my co-anchor and I sometimes when we're together or, or it's separate, they say stuff like, um, when you were crying on air, which I did the first time we went out to Fort Myers Beach. Okay. And we we were literally standing right um right at the foot of the bridge and there were first responders going back and forth behind us. It looked like, you know, I, I really hate this comparison, but it is true. It did look like a war zone. It mm. was just, there was dust everywhere. There was, 
there were boats everywhere. It was, it was horrible. And you knew that people had died and the likelihood of them being not too far. Some of those bodies from where you're standing was pretty high. Um, so it, it was very emotional for me. This is my hometown. I was going to say, you grew up yeah. seeing all these. Oh, yeah. all this, I, so, I think yeah. I said during our live coverage one time, like my, I had my first date down the street and that was like the first <laughs> time my mom ever heard that, you know? So like, I really, I have memories of these places, yeah. but the lady at Norman Love said to me, uh, I remember when you were crying and she's like, that was the first time we had actually gotten power back on my house and she, in my house. And she said, I just really appreciated that you were so honest because I was crying with you. It was the first time that I had actually cried about what had happened. So that connection piece, that being transparent is important because it's not just, I try to tell new journalists this all the time. It's not just about reading the news, you know, reading that prompter. It is about remembering that there's someone else on the other side of that camera who needs to hear what you're saying and needs that connection from you. They need you to show up as yourself and not try to be anyone else. You know, I think that's been another key to my success too, is I'm myself. Like who you see here might be a little bit of a toned down version on TV, (laughs) but I am, this is really who I am. And I try to deliver the news like that as well, because I want people to understand this is a conversation I'm not talking to. I don't think I'm better than you. I just want you to understand that you know, this price hike is going to impact your family. Sure and is. here's how, yeah. you know, um, the, what we're seeing right now in terms of, you know, d- I know you're frustrated with your debris not getting picked up. Here's why this is happening. And here's when you can expect for it to happen. You know, mm-hmm. just try to connect with people because you never know who you're connecting with like that woman. Wow. You, uh, boy, we could go on and on. I and uh, I really appreciate this. Um, final question for you here. Where do you see yourself in the future? Whether... I, I don't like to play the 5, 10, 15 plus year kind of game, but really, where where do you see yourself down the road? <laughs> My general manager probably fainted when he heard you ask that question right there. <laughs> um, I would love to do something where I am continuing to spotlight the stories of people. Um, I've always wanted to take storytelling on the road somehow. Sure. Um, and so I would love to travel and share people's stories. Um, I believe, I believe it was Steve Hartman, a very famous journalist, had a story, a segment on CBS called Everyone Has a Story. I believe that. And I so want I. to, yes, because yeah. it's true. It really is. Everyone does. Everyone has a story. We just think ours is boring. And That's nobody would what I'm hear saying. It. Right. Exactly. But then you never know how, you know, I, I dealt with death very early on in my life. And as an early, I think I was I think I was 17. It's crazy how you think you're never going to forget the details. And then as life goes on, you do. Yeah. And I, for a long time, didn't share, didn't talk about it a lot because I had to go to therapy and everything like that. And I just couldn't. But then as I started sharing my story, I literally met another anchor who she actually had lost someone at almost around uh, the same time that I met her. So it was very fresh for her. And I'm able to connect with her in a way that a lot of people couldn't, you know, it goes beyond like, I'm sorry, my condolences. I'm like, girl, I know exactly what it is. So sharing your story, uh, though hard is important because you never know who you're connecting or helping. And I want to help people share their stories and um, help them to further help or inspire other people. So we're going to see what happens. To be continued. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, I, you know, my GM again is probably like, all right, Shari, stop talking. 
but I <laughs> definitely just want to keep telling stories. I love it so much. I love it. Well, it's your passion. Obviously, it was your calling and you're very good at it. And uh, I appreciate you being here today on The Key Ingredient, Shari. I mean, telling your story so you can inspire others is just just uh, so amazing. So okay. thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Um, wish you continued success. And, uh, and thanks again for being a guest today. Thank you for having me.